Hey there, story fiends, and welcome back to the podcast that believes there are truly stories everywhere. This is Their Stories Everywhere with Alidria Hurt. I am your hostess, Alidria Hurt. In our last episode, we started a discussion of resonance as introduced by the late David Farland. Before we dive back into that topic, let's do a quick life update. Life, unfortunately, continues to be a little bit of a mess. My health is not great, still sick, still trying to get back to being well, of course. I'm riding a little bit more consistently, which is good. I'm not saying I'm out of the woods yet because let's face it, when you say that is when the monster rises up again and tries to eat your face, yet again. So I'm doing better, and that's all I'm going to say. I have, once again, started to do continual panels. That means you'll be able to see my lovely face on YouTube and Twitch on the continual channels. I will not be going to Dragon Con this year because let's face it, I've been sick for almost three solid months. I cannot afford to go, have a wonderful weekend, and bring back some version of the plague which will cost me another three months. So to all my listeners out there who are going to Dragon Con, Go forth, have a wonderful time, and be safe. So that's our life update for this week. Just to refresh your memories, Resonance, as made popular by David Farland, is the understanding that the writer brings everything they have artistically or even academically come into contact with to their writing. By the same token, every reader brings their previous experiences with them as well. Therefore, in essence, The act of writing and reading is an ongoing conversation with past works playing major roles in helping to understand what is being currently consumed. For example, same but different. Assumes that we have a common touchstone, the same, and we want it to be not exactly that, but something novel, the different. Notice how the same comes first. It is the baseline understanding. You cannot have the different without first acknowledging there is a thing we are looking toward or basing it against. So this week's story leans heavily on old school D&D and the novels which were birthed out of that era. See if you can see how many places without direct attribution you see similarities. Gabriel hit the floor with a thud her head flopping like a rag doll from the impact. Esseron couldn't tell if she was dead, but if she wasn't, she was going to feel that when she awoke. It didn't matter, though. If he didn't do something quickly, she wouldn't awaken, because neither of them would be alive. He pulled back his fists, preparing as best he could for the creature's next assault. It had taken down a paladin with little more than a stroke of its tail. He, a monk, was going to have to be faster than it, or he wouldn't survive long enough to land a blow worth speaking of. The monster drew back, watching him with beady but intelligent eyes. It knew there was something to consider here, something it might not like. Esseron moved, his body responding to the mere thought of motion, tumbling forward and into the range of the beast's face. He didn't dare wait a moment longer. He charged his fists before opening his palm and spraying light into the thing's face. 
The light, his attachment to the beyond, sprayed forward and cloaked it as if in a spider's web. Though it was far from gossamer, it would do the trick to keep the creature occupied, trying to get it off his face while he considered what to do next. He tumbled out of range of its flailing limbs and thrashing tail, keeping an eye on Gabriel as he went. It wasn't far to the edge of the temple floor where they had come in. He could make it easily, if he ran. However, that might well expose his back to the stinger he knew to be at the end of the thing's tail. It would also leave Gabriel, who was only beginning to rouse from her fall, unprotected. The heavy armor she wore wouldn't be penetrated by the stinger, but the thrash of that tail might well break her ribs if it hadn't already. He needed to keep it occupied a little bit longer, give her a chance to recover. It continued to fight with the webs marking its face, rearing back on its hinds, forward claws racking and pulling. However, that tail seemed as if to move on its own, more slowly and methodically, as if it were aware it needed a sentry. Esseron broke away from it, ready as he was to pull the blade hidden up his sleeve in case of necessity. Gabriel stood up, using her tower shield to hold her up. The way her head lolled, Esseron had to wonder if she could even see what was going on. Finally, she stood to her full height, the tower shield before her, and extended her right hand to draw upon the blade of air she used to do battle. The creature must have sensed the change in the air, because it did not hesitate to rush forward and into battle with Gabriel. The blade of air, a gift from the gods Gabriel worshipped, came at her call, and when the monster rushed toward her, she brought it around to the side of the shield, its point forward. She stood her ground as it closed the distance, a roar escaping from his throat. Whether it was a roar of triumph or rage, Esseron didn't know. However, it was cut short as the air blade went into the creature's body. It thrashed against her shield and Gabriel stood her ground, the temple floor cracking beneath her as she refused to give way. The way the stone splintered and threw... Esheron had to wonder as to the power behind the things Gabriel could do. He, like many, thought her a strange bird, come from far away. Yet she certainly did know her monsters and her prayers. Esheron waited, watched for a long moment as it thrashed, and attempted to take Gabriel down without success. The blood from its wound wound through the holes in the floor, leaving behind a river of ichor. It did not survive. When it finally stopped thrashing and hung dead in the air, Gabriel withdrew the unseen blade and it flopped down. Lord Gabriel, Esseron said, are you well? The paladin looked at him through her visor and nodded, though there was a moment's hesitation. A moment when Esseron could have sworn Lord Gabriel winced. We have done what was necessary, Lord Gabriel said, her voice reaching the distance between them easily. It rang with power which Esseron couldn't account for. Then again, he knew there were things beyond his understanding, and the ways of the paladin which he served were one of them. He had been engaged to bring her to the temple which had become infested with darkness. She was to clear it out, 
and then bring the head of the leader of those creatures back to the monastery. Eseron nodded, then stepped lightly across the floor's cracked stones. He knew it would be his job to carry the creature's head back to the monastery, as it would be his job to ensure that Lord Gabriel was seen to by a shaman when they returned there. It was simply the way of the world. He would not tell of his hand in the battle, for it was not his battle. Lord Gabriel shifted the thick and heavy shield onto her back for carriage. The blade would come when called. Eseron grabbed the creature by its horns. They curled backward like a goat's and used his hidden blade to cut through its sinewy neck. This was the last of the battles. They had fought their way through the hordes below to take on this creature and survive. It seemed as if it had taken far longer than a night or three. They had camped inside the temple when it became apparent they would need more time. <coughs> there might be those who waited for them outside. Might. However, he had to doubt it. Most would have given them up for dead for, uh, dead by now. Considering the rampant predations of the night creatures before their coming, he could only begin to wonder how those who lived around the temple would feel to find it now empty. There is one more thing, Lord Gabriel said as she moved through the main temple floor toward the seat of power raised against the far wall. What? Eseron had to admit he wanted nothing more to do with this place in the dark, especially with the rivers of blood running across the stones. This place was once of the light, Lord Gabriel said. It was once a beacon for those who came near. It was why I came. She pulled her helmet with its visor from her head and set it to one side. A fall of simultaneously dark and silver hair fell in a shock from her head. Shaking it out, it settled on her shoulders. This place cries out to once more be as it was. The seat of power, a throne at the far side of the room, had been erected in time immemorial by those who came before. Eseron had heard, as many at the monastery had, of those who had stood before it and prayed to those gods which would sit there. They would pray for health and wealth and love, the concerns of the earth and those beyond it. It was not without merit, but Eseron had to wonder if they were ever answered. Blinking at Lord Gabriel as she mounted the stairs to the seat, he considered those thoughts. It had been a long time since this place had been a seat of light. Lord Gabriel stood on the stair below the throne. The starlit edges of the room reflected off her armor. Eseron heard her murmuring to the darkness, and then she put her hands out in supplication. She asked a simple question. Light, oh light, will you once more come to reside here? Those words brought a sphere to her hands, bright and powerful, a star manifest in her grip. Eseron swallowed heavily, eyes wide. He did not know what to make of it. This was power, great power. Lord Gabriel took the tiny star in her hands and placed it upon the throne itself, as if the star should take a seat there.
All around them, the darkness danced and shimmered as if it were dying in the moments between breaths. Oh, light, Lord Gabriel's voice rose into a beautiful singing note. Light, be once more here as you were. And the star exploded, the darkness beaten back by the death of its adherents, and all the further by the rain of the light disappeared. It became only night. Esseron stood at the edge of the temple floor, uncertain of what to do next. The monster's head held one-handed. He blinked away the blazing images in his eyes. Lord Gabriel had disappeared for a moment in all the light, as if she had become one with it. What was that? he asked cautiously. That was what I was sent here to truly do, Lord Gabriel said. I was sent to return this throne to the light. Then with thick metallic footsteps she returned to the temple floor. Now we can leave, and know that this place will not return to the darkness easily, no matter what creatures seek to set their nests here. She led the way out onto the dirt path before the temple, Esseron close behind. Who sent you? Esseron asked. He knew there would, er, were those who would want to see the temple cleaned out. That went with little saying, since the night creature nests were often in places where those who lived nearby would die in their predations. It doesn't truly matter, she said. The light seeks out those who will serve it, and they are brought to where they should be for its purpose. Her words, cryptic as they were, did not dissuade him from wanting to know more. Esseron shook his head and continued, You said you were sent here. Why and by whom? Who would care so much about a village where there is a temple and a monastery? Carrying her helmet, he could see her face easily in the moonlight. Lord Gabriel was not a poor-looking woman, though the scar above her right eye begged some question of what she had been up to in her youth. Esseron found himself disarmed when she smiled at him. He couldn't help smiling back. Escaron. She said his name with the lilt of someone unfamiliar with its pronunciation. One day, you will cross paths with another one like me, and you will learn more than you want to know about the difference between the light and the dark. That's all you need to know for now. Let's hurry along. We should like to make it back to the monastery before sunrise. They spoke no more, though they walked quite some distance together in the moonlight. Esseron took in her words. It would be many years before her protestation came to fruition, and he would have many times to think about it before it did. However, when it did, he had many more long nights to think about what there was in the difference between the night he first saw a star take a throne and the night the darkness attempted to swallow him forever. So there you have it, Story Fiends, my attempt to write an old-school D&D fiction. I know, wholesale, I took the idea of a paladin from there, though I do have a little bit of fun with it. What else do you see? Feel free to leave me a note at my website, www.aledriahurt.com, or a voice message here at the podcast through anchor.fm. Once again, it has been my pleasure, and let's see how many stories we can come across before next week. <laughs>